think part of it is accepting that is so much beauty in being black. And that's the thing that I guess I get emotional about because I've always known that. I've always been proud to be black. Never wanted to be nothing else. Loved everything about it. Just is such beauty in, in, in black people. And it really saddens me when we're not allowed to express that pride in being black. And that if you do, then it's considered anti-white. No, you just pro-black and that's okay. The two don't go together because you celebrate black culture does not mean that you don't like white culture or that you're putting it down. It's just taking pride in it. But what's irritating is when somebody says, you know, they, they are racist. That's reverse racism. Or they have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. So why are you mad at that? Why does that make you angry? That is to suppress me and to make me not be proud. This is Recorded Podcast, another day, another podcast. We have a young legend, a young king. Uh, he was on early episodes uh, with horrible quality, but he still made it in. He's still a young king. The numbers was going crazy on that, man. Shout out to all his people that supported the podcast. Please, once again, introduce yourself. Man, what's up, man? It's Duke, man. We're back for a third time, man. Only time I repeat for the three P. You feel me? Let's go, let's go, <laughs> man. Speaking of that, man, I live in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, where no one is social distancing right now. How is it around where you stay? <laughs> man, it's 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 clearing back up. I mean, they got like the malls and stuff opening back up, but it's still like little protocols and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, it's like you can only social distance for so for so long. So it's it's kind of crazy, man. Yeah, and I really feel like at this point, I think people are drawing their own conclusions. Uh, what I really feel like, I really feel like obviously it's real. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like, oh, no, it's fake and all that. But I do feel like they knew they didn't have the right equipment and the hospitals were not ready for it. So they probably was like, hey, um, yeah, everybody stay in the house or you're going to die. Like, I think that's what they told everybody. <laughs> and, I mean, I think it was smart to say, like, hey, um, you know, you can kill your elderly. You can kill somebody that already has a condition. I think stuff like that. But I think, like, they knew, like, hey, we're not really ready for this. So, like, yeah, let's tell them something like, hey. And, I mean, I, I like, if I'm around nephews or this or that i'm like yeah man you don't want to be doing that you go to jail somebody might rape your booty or some shit like that. you gotta tell them some <laughs> wild shit that could be true but also like you put extra on just so they don't try to do it man so right like i really feel like they kind of you know went like that so enough of the corona talk i'm pretty sure everybody hears about that every day um the last dance man you said the three peat Michael Jordan did it twice, man. Like twice, man. What, what do you think? Like, uh, I don't know. I love documentaries, and I think it was a really good documentary. I want to call it the greatest, but I don't want to be like jumping the gun too early. Like, yo, it's the greatest podcast. I mean, documentary ever. But it damn sure, like, it's Michael Jordan, bro. Like, you can't really, and he doesn't talk, so you can't really put much up against it. What do you think about it? Nah, it's it's definitely going in the books, man. But what what I like about it is it shows like my generation and the ones that came after me. It actually showed how good Michael Jordan was because we only see the highlights of like the shots and stuff, but we don't really see like what he went through to get to it and all that. Like we hear about it, but to actually see it and actually hear hear him talk about it, it it it, it definitely gave me a different perspective. But at the end of the day, LeBron's still the GOAT. You feel me? I still, I still with LeBron, man. Rock with LeBron, man. I can't wait to that 20 years from now we get that LeBron documentary, man. But it's just like definitely with Jordan, I mean, it was harder, like, fouls and stuff like that. But I don't believe the whole, like, I think LeBron is a winner. And I think he would go in the gym just like they showed uh, um, Michael Jordan going in the gym when he couldn't beat the Pistons. 
and getting right. Like, whatever LeBron had to figure out, I think he would figure out if he played back then. The championships and stuff like that, I mean, we never know because it's different eras or whatever, but, like, LeBron is still definitely – like, I don't – it don't matter if he lost every single one. To get to the finals, all them games, that's playing, like, 100 games each year and all that stuff. So, like, even though he only has three, I think, I mean, especially – the one with the Cavaliers is the biggest one ever. Down, mm-hmm. down three one. Cavaliers never had a championship. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, you, you can't really say nothing. But him going like what eight years straight to the yeah. finals is crazy. Uh, up until last year, he was he was in the finals ever ever since I was in middle school. That's and I, and now it's my, it's my fourth year in college. Come on now, that's putting it in perspective, on, ladies man. and gentlemen. Whether you're old or young, listening to the podcast. That's just kind of just crazy, man. But um, uh, one of the things that was refreshing for me, I mean, I know you have a great relationship with your dad, and you fortunate to be a young black man with your dad in your life, your whole life, and him being a good dad and supportive and being there. It was definitely, man, it was sad, it was touching, but it was refreshing to see a black dad with, you know, his son, you know, and I know you were sitting with your dad watching some stuff too. I don't know if y'all was watching that or not. But how did mm-hmm. that make you feel, or how do you relate to that? Having your dad and being a black man, having your dad in your life and being there and encouraging, and y'all talking, y'all are friends and cool. Like, what did you think of that relationship? Man, I, I'm I'm just blessed, man, because you feel me. Especially like black people, some some people don't be growing up without their dad. So I'm just blessed, man, just to have him and have him around, healthy and he's still here, and just to give me the game and all that. So I was. It, it was it was definitely like that, like especially like when it was talking about his dad, it, it showed like how grateful I was. I, I was definitely more grateful. Not that I say I wasn't grateful, but definitely more. You start to appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And then I, I think what people don't realize, like everybody seen that clip of him crying on the floor after he won that championship, but nobody heard the audio before. And when you heard the mm-hmm. audio of that grown man weeping, you like, wow, man, like that shit hurts. Like it's like my dad is always right there. And then he wasn't. And it was like he was really, really hurt. And throughout this whole thing, man, like Michael Jordan was very emotional, man. Throughout right. the whole documentary, man. I was like, dang. And I think it hurt his feelings because he just knows greatness and wanting to be great. So when he talked about and he got emotional and he was like, I wouldn't tell nobody to do what I wouldn't do. And I put myself on the line and I pushed them because I cared about them. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. You could tell it hurt his feelings because he just really wanted to be great. And he just can't understand other people getting paid millions of dollars to play a game, not wanting to be great, man. But at the same time, though, you got to he, he has to be able to sit back and think like not everybody's like him. Not everybody has that desire. You got some people. Some people want to get up to work and just work nine to five and go back home. Some people want to be the boss. You get what I'm saying? Not everybody could be like that. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because that was the next question. Like the price of greatness, the price of winning. Sometimes it ain't pretty, man. And it showed that this man, 50-something, almost 60 years old, and his feelings are really, really hurt that people don't really like him like that. They said his <laughs> yeah, his, his, no, his best friend was a guy who picked him up from the airport that wasn't even supposed to pick him up. That ended up being his best friend. <laughs> That's sad, bro. Like, all these teammates you had, you on the road with them, you here, there, everywhere, and this guy is your best friend, and all these players talking down at him. It didn't make Scotty Pippen look good. Like people like nah. people like, oh man, Scotty looked good, and he said no Jordan when I was man, fuck the dog. They show every low light that I did not know about <laughs> <laughs> of Scotty Pippen, dog. Like I didn't hear that. I didn't know he didn't want to come in a game like in sports. I ain't never heard yeah. that except for yeah. like Jay Cutler. I remember some years ago didn't want to go in the game because he think he tore his ACL. And he didn't want to go in the game. That's the only time I could hear, to, like, remember somebody, like, quitting. But I'm like, bro, 
How do you not see that they kind of painted Scottie Pippen like shit? It's documentary, bro. Yeah, I I, I low key lost respect for him. That that after when I seen that, I was like, man, you out there quitting on your team, and you don't never. That's one thing I was I taught I was talking to you again. You don't never quit. You you play into the clock hit zero zero zero. Yeah, and, and it's it's just it's crazy too. Not to cut you off, but it just was like yo, like. He was frustrated with his contract, but at the end of the day, you signed that contract. You signed it. You signed. Bro. You can't. You can't complain about it. You signed it. Yo, come on. You son. can't complain about it. You signed. You know. You know what you were signing up for, so you, you got to deal with it now. Yeah, it just and it was just like the difference between him and Jordan too. Jordan was like we said earlier, obsessed with the game to the point to where like when they was talking about it's a one in ten percent chance or whatever. That he could break his uh, foot and never play again. So he's like, I got nine other chances. And he wanted to play <laughs> with no money. And he probably wasn't making no money. But he was willing to do that. But everybody else is not willing to do that, bro. Like, so it, that just also is the difference. But, like, I don't understand people saying, like, oh, I don't understand why Scotty. Scotty, it, it didn't betray him bad. Yes, it did. It literally nah, showed yeah. Every time he messed up, like, bro. <laughs> hey, come on, son. The only good thing it showed was him dunking on the Knicks, and I'm a Knicks fan, so I ain't like that shit. I was like, yeah. I'm like, yo, man, like, y'all, I don't know how y'all don't know that Scotty was pissed. Like, I wouldn't like right. that take either, man. Yeah, they, they did him foul, and then they was talking like, that, uh, like some, you know how like they had like Charles, uh, like Charles Oakley and some like the other people on there. Yeah. And then they was like, um, they edited out a lot of stuff that they were saying, like defending themselves, and they edited out a lot of stuff, like kind of like paint the picture, like paint the narrative. Yeah, so it, I, yeah it's crazy. So I was like, yeah, that was that was kind of messed up too, because if you gonna do that, you gotta paint. If you gonna be asking questions and stuff, you gotta add, you gotta paint the whole story. You from you can't just pick and choose. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it just showed him like. As, oh, I overcame all this stuff. Like, I mean, and it went a little bit into the gambling. And I didn't know he had to go to court and all of that stuff. And they kind of talked about, like, the conspiracy theories. Like, did he really get suspended or not? And, I mean, the way they painted it, if he didn't get suspended, I mean, seems real. Like, yo, I am stuck to hotel rooms and cars and that's it. And my dad just died. I don't want to play no more. So I mean that right. seems that seems real, but on the flip side of that, you seen how competitive this dude was. So you mean to tell me the most competitive person that anybody has ever seen is gonna quit and suck at baseball for almost two years? That's hard to believe, dog. But but look though, you gotta think about it. He's probably thinking like, oh yeah, I conquered, I conquered the NBA. I won three times in a row. I conquered the NBA. Let me try to conquer something else. You get what I'm saying? That could have been his competitive advantage right there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's just like, why would you not want to win more titles than Russell? Because I think Russell got like 11. Then I would feel like I conquered. I don't think I would feel like I conquered it after three. I would like really, really dominate. But maybe he wanted like a new challenge. You get what I'm saying? Maybe he thought basketball was too easy. That's what at he that said. Point. Yeah, you that's what, what they said. So it's a believable argument. They did a lot. I mean, and he had the last say so in this documentary. So obviously, they right. filmed it to where he was gonna like it, man. One thing too, when he was talking about, you know, one thing that I respect from somebody like is that if you're not an activist or whatever or something like that. Don't act like you are. And that's what he right. did. When he was saying, like, Republicans buy sneakers, too, they say Michael, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. They say Michael Jordan, like, uh, pays for a lot of stuff under the table, different causes and stuff. But if he really don't get in the middle of that, I respect that you do that versus somebody that, like, will be like, oh, man, I care about this, care about that, and you really don't. So I respect right. that. I don't like it. Personally, I would wish that he would use his voice to really help others like LeBron does and stuff like that. But I could respect that, like, somebody that's true to themselves. Like, if I'm really not about that, I'm not about to – it's basically not being, like, a follower. Like, I'm not about to – you're not going to push me. Because with that situation, they said he did donate and help money towards the uh, candidate that was running. 
but he just was like, I don't want to get in the middle of it. But it sound, I don't know too much about it, but it sounded really bad because that dude was really racist and, like, said segregation in school should have been still going on and, like, <laughs> crazy shit. So it made Jordan look bad, but I respect the fact that, like, if you don't really know something about something or you don't want to get in the middle of it, you just be like, nah, I'm good. Just stay out of it. Yeah, I, re- I mean, yeah, hey, it's based like uh, uh, Jay Electronica. He got something from uh, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, man. He said, are you scared to death, Negro? Sit down. So if you don't want to get in the middle of the fight, move out the way. That's it, man. So, so yeah, man, the last dance was definitely good. It's probably going to go down. It's one of the best documentaries, man. Like, now, did man. you watch the Bird and Magic one? Oh, yeah. I watched that a while ago. Yeah, I love now, documentaries, man. I watch almost all of 30 for 30. I got to watch now, the Rodman one, though. Now, who do you think? Do you think the Last Dance or the, the Bird and Magic one was better? I mean, the Last Dance because it's 20 years and you didn't see this footage and all. Like, it just has right. so much mystique about it that it's hard to say that it wasn't. But, like, it's so many, the Fab Five, 30 for, it's so many 30 for 30. Even, like, the Benji one, the young player from Chicago, like, they do a really good job. Shout out to Bill Thank Simmons. You. Bill Simmons sold his podcast. I, I was telling you about Joe Rogan got $100 million. Shout out to all podcasts. This is recorded. This is recorded. This is recorded. But uh, um, also, Bill Simmons got $200 million. <laughs> 200 from Spotify. Spotify dropping that bag for real, for real. So uh, start a podcast and see what happens. (laughs) Man, and support this one, man. And I want to talk to you, man. I just was like, dang, like for me, like I love hardcore lyrics. I love gangster films. I love hustling, all that stuff like that. I like listening to it, watching it, all that. But I always knew my whole life that's not for me. And I feel like you probably can relate to that as well. But um, I just, you know, I'm like, damn, why do we love these hardcore lyrics and stuff like that, even though it's not for us? Like, I wonder, like, why, like, we love that. Do you do you have any ideas on why? I, I don't That's a good question, Keith G. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's, it's the culture. You get what I'm saying? It's us. You get what I'm saying? Like, nobody... Nobody else can do what we do and get away with it. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, I just it's feel like it's just, I don't know. It just feels like rebellious. It feels like somebody's doing something that you don't do and you really fuck with that. Like, yo, man, this is crazy. They talk about, I seen the dude shot him, blah, blah, blah. And it just sound, the beat sounds so good with it, all of that. And we love it, but we hate to see, like, our brothers and sisters dying, but the music and the videos and all of that, and, like, a conscious rapper has a way, like, his money is nowhere near most of the time, besides the Kendricks and J. Coles. Most, at the average conscious rapper is not going to see the type of money that uh, King Von or your favorite hardcore rapper, little Babies, all of them is gonna see. Even though Lil Baby, man, he's a really good rapper and he tells stories and stuff like like he's a really good rapper, bro. Like mm-hmm. for real, for real. But I just be thinking about that. I'm like, damn, like we really, really love this shit, but it's like we know it's not for us, but like we love it, love it. Like we love everything about it. And I was just like, damn, let me ask him what does he feel about it? Oh yeah, I, I, that's a good question, man. I, I, it's, it's something you really can't even explain. You get what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like how, like the how I think about it. You know how, like all like the ball players are gonna be rappers, and all the rappers are gonna be ball players. Yeah, that, that's how I kind of look at it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like, like yo, that movie, man, is my favorite movie, Paid in Full, and all these gangster movies, man, it's the society or the different stuff. Like, man, I love right now, I don't know if you heard of him, King Von, but he got a song called Broke Ops. Pull up and get him. That bullet ripped through his tissue and two out his wrist. It was a nickel and it's a Glock. And that bitch sound like a miss. He know I'm a fish. Do not let Wolf in this shit, boy, you know I'm a gitch. And when nobody with him, I wore a nine and shoes, can't nobody fit him. I popped a perky at 30, I'm hiding the bitch, boy, ain't nobody perfect. If I take an L, I'm back on that corner, I'm hustling, nobody. 
like it goes mm-hmm. so hard. I'm like, damn, this shit's so hard. But it's like, yo, like he's really beefing with dudes like a couple streets over from him, and they really be killing each other. So it's like, damn, like it's like you don't want them to do that, but we love that music, like hardcore hard. Like I love it. Have you heard of him before, King Von? Yeah. What do you what, what do you say? Uh, we not from sixty third. Yeah, and, and it sound <laughs> and it sounds so fucking hard. Like dissing niggas sound hard. Like when you see Nipsey throwing up. 60s it look hard everybody got on blue rags everybody got on red rags everybody got guns everybody smoking weed pouring up like it seems so lit but it's like we know that ain't really a sustainable type of lifestyle like you can't really keep that up forever and you don't want to keep that up forever because you don't want to be dead you don't want to be in jail but we love this shit and it's like jay-z's and all them they could talk about this shit years later Obviously, they not doing that shit no more, but they still talk about it. But we love it. But it's just like, damn, we don't love what comes with it, but we love the music, man. It's just like crazy. And I I don't think it's going to change, really, because, like, it's like, I mean, this is what we know. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, like, this is the gang showed you love when nobody showed you love. Like, with me and the podcast and stuff like that, I always want to try to do thought-provoking stuff and always see both sides on most issues and what it is it's like yo man king von won't you rap about something different but it's like bro like this is what i know this is what we going through like they probably killed some of my cousins and this and that and family so fuck them and i'm gonna say fuck them forever just like this with 50 cent and ja rule like 50 cent Feels like Ja Rule tried to get him killed. He's never going to like him, like, ever. (laughs) Yo, they like, yo, 50 got to chill. And, like, that's the difference between 50 and everybody else is, like, he got shot nine times for real. He ain't never going to lay down. When people play with him, you can't play with him. It's different. Like, he's on a different level of, like, yo, like, you know. But it's just hard because everybody forever and ever and ever is, like, yo, I wish they would rap about something else and stuff. It's like, bro, this is what we know. And, like, this is lifestyle. And I think we love it because it's real. People love the one that we shall not be named that was recently released from prison. They loved it when it seemed like, yo, this nigga's so fucking crazy, bro. Like, he's crazy. He's doing all this shit. But, like, then when you realize he ain't really doing that, it's like, oh, he's corny. Like... But I mean, we 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 been known he wasn't he wasn't doing none of that. Oh, you know what I'm we, yo, I swear I got a podcast with my little uh with my uh nephew and my brother in law, and I told him I said, look, I told him the whole scenario. I said, look, he was approached by Trippy Red, and shit got real, and he ain't about that life. And them dudes seen the opportunity. To give him, like, to make their money legit and do something different. So, he start really pressing the hood and really doing things. And it's just like, it ain't real, bro. And he he knows he's smart. Like, don't get it fucked up. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing. But it's just like he's fucking up our culture. He ain't even black neither. So, it's like he's fucking up our culture and getting people against each other and going to jail off of some playing around shit, then shit gets serious, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. But, I, but I mean, but the whole the whole industry, none of them is doing it. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, most of them rappers are not doing what they say they do. Nah. So it's like, I don't know. I just be like, man, when, when you find the real one, when you find the real one like Nipsey and stuff, that's, that, those are the ones you got to hold on to. And, and that's the thing about Nipsey that was so genius is that he said, I'm a very smart dude, and I know it, but I'm also in the streets for real, and I know it. How do I make them both work? So what he did, really gave the drug shit alone, like most rapper stories. They say, oh, well, I really gave the drug thing alone. I really was broke, and I just really focused on my music. So he did that, and he also knew different ways of getting money. And he also preached getting your own money. He also preached... A marathon to life. He preaches all these things, man. And it's just like, you know, you can't, there's no quick way to success. And he knew that it is a quick way to death, though, is what he did know. He was like, yo, 
you can't really be doing this lifestyle forever. He had an interview or he said in his songs, he was like, this expired on me. This is not going like this is not a sustainable lifestyle in the streets. So he did something different, man. And like his method and his like the community to never leave his community and all of that. It was just like, bro, it was something we never seen. And we probably never will see again, man. Like, it was just, never will, man. Yeah, it was just dead. Like, he really was from the hood, but he also was teaching people how to get to the hood. Like, he had a great tweet that went out. He said, um, I taught all my people how to fish. Some learned well, some didn't, some gave up, some surpassed me. But can nobody say I ain't never give out that game? And that's what I feel like we all need to do, man. We all need to give out that game, man, and really, like, go hard and help each other, man. Help your brother. Like, if you see him doing something, man, like what I see in you, and also congratulating people when you see it. Don't hate or don't hold it back. Like, when I see you, man, I'm like, yo, this is a smart dude. He's going to go on to do something great. He really is. I just want to be, like, along the way. I don't want nothing from him. When you was playing football, I'm like, man, this dude could go off and play football, and I don't want tickets. I'll pay for the game. I just really want to congratulate him, you know, and really support. And I think that's important. I think that's what we all need is that support. For sure. And and I I, I appreciate it, man, because you feel me. We you you've been you've been around for a while, man. So I really do appreciate it. And I try to I try to support you back. You feel me? Whatever way I can. You feel me? Yeah, it's just like, man. And, go back to love. That's what we need, man. We need more of that, man. So, speaking of support, man, you got anybody out there? I know you well connected. I know you got some people that do music. They do clothing. Anything, man. Can you plug it? Can you say it right now? Let's get the, let's get them some help, man. Man, we got the label. We Enlightenment. Plug them. And just my whole, my whole city, San Diego. We got... Um, uh, Marcus with his with his clothing brand. We got the whole city, man. San Diego, man. That's where I'm from. What's the, the name of the city. clothing brand, and where can they get that at? Uh, xxsobu xxsobu dot com, and then we also got uh Almas, and that's the I'm working. I'm actually working on the website right now. www.almazplayground.com and you can find the uh, his Instagram at. Uh, a L M A Z, and yeah, man, we just we just out here, man. Yeah, yeah, I gotta I gotta definitely write that in the bio, man, and everything. But uh, the music, where can they see, catch the music at? Um, it's we uh we enlighten W E N L Y T E N. It's the label, man. We got a whole bunch of uh people that come out of San Diego, man. They're nice. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, man. It's just like. We need that. We need to change things, man. We need that support. We need that black support. And the thing is, what it's sad because, like, Killer Mike, I don't know if you watched Killer Mike show on Netflix when he had it. He did a breakdown of, like, how long a dollar could last in a white community, in the Asian community. Certain communities, it could be 20 days. Certain communities, it was, like, 14 days. When it came to black people... Six hours. It was like six or eight hours, bro. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, yo, that was crazy. Like, we don't have enough stuff. And the crazy thing that he said one time that was just like, Killer Mike is way smarter than everybody. And he just knows is that he said that um, his grandfather told him that segregation is one of the worst things to happen to black people because we used to have to go to the black dentist, the black drugstore, the black uh -huh. barbershop is like the only thing we really have. And that's messed up because of this virus. Like the black barbershop is like the only thing in hair salons. But he was saying that like it forced us to have a lot of black stuff. But as soon as that got going, like was segregation came in. Everybody wanted to go to the white stores because they never could before. And white stores just wanted our money and stuff like that. So it was like it kind of fucked everything up when desegregation happened. So right. Killer Mike is just like just a different breed, man. I want to, man, shout out Taste the Essence, man, uh, in Baltimore. My people's over there, man. Check them out if you're in that area. Um, shout out my boy G Merrick. His music is going crazy right now. Is really well put together, um, mixtape man, album, 
and everybody else, man, is doing something. The marathon continues. I seen on the store they got uh uh mass now, and they got Uncle Sam OG Kush if you uh like to do that kind of stuff if you smoke. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but man, it's just that I feel like and even with black business and stuff too, we gotta hold ourselves accountable. It ain't gotta be like, oh man, you can't give me a little extra. Oh, you go to a black restaurant, you you waiting for too long or. We ain't got this. We ain't got that. We ain't no, nah, we gotta have our shit together. If you have a bad experience, I'm sorry about that, brother. How about next time you come bring your family? I'm gonna give you a nice discount. Um, we running late on something on your t shirt order. Okay, I'm sorry about that, but I threw in an extra mask that we got so help you with this coronavirus. Like, we gotta do things, we gotta have our business straight. We can't go off the whole like, yo, we black. So let's do it like nah 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 nah. Even with me in the podcast, like the quality has to get better. It do things have to get better before you be great. And that's for everybody, man. We gotta just hold ourselves and our community accountable. And, you know, we just gotta, man, grow and help each other, man. Can you dig that? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, man. It's just it's just like well, all that's going on in the world today, man, is just like it's just like it's so important that we have unity and really help each other, uh, you know, because it's just a lot going on right now, man. It's a, a lot of the same old, same old, you know, uh, the killings, you know, of black people on camera and stuff like that. It's just it's it's you know, it just happened in Georgia. And one thing is, man, I don't know. I know a lot of people do watch it, but I know for me, I'm a very emotional and sensitive person. I could cry in a minute. And I told myself, I don't remember which one it was, but I told myself I'll never watch one of those again. Because I never, I can't mentally and emotionally put myself through that. I will have to learn from you or from others uh, in writing or something like that. But visually... And audio, like, through my ears, I cannot hear or see that ever again, man. How do you feel about that stuff? Man, I'm, it's it's a bad look, man. I don't I, I, I don't really know how to feel. Like, of course, I'm mad and stuff about that. Because they, they didn't have to, they don't have to, they didn't have to do that bad like that. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just, and I think, Black people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They they sick and tired of like, oh, well, it got to be peaceful and all that. Like, no, fuck that. Like, everybody's like, no, I'm tired of that. Like, it doesn't work. And, and the, the worst example of it all really is that. So we have these white people with guns, a lot of guns, and very aggressive, and in officers' faces with guns, and in officers' faces with big ass guns, and in officers' faces with big assault, I can kill multiple you guns over a fucking haircut. Like no bullshit. Like I want a haircut. I want it. This is bullshit. You can't keep me in. You can't do this. We are protesting and yelling and screaming. And looting, whether you feel like it's right or wrong, because somebody died, bro. And what we get, we recording this on Friday, so who knows what's going to happen, because there's protests in Atlanta right now, in L.A., Houston, all over. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, bro, people are tired, man. They, they tired of like, oh, well, just peacefully do it. These people showed up with guns. And yelling where you can get spit on your lip during coronavirus, which is nasty. <laughs> you could get spit on your lip and they yelling at you over a fucking haircut. And we're yelling and screaming over somebody getting killed. And we the bad guys? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. It's like, bro, like, I don't know the solutions, but I know what I want to do is... Uh, I was very against guns for a long time. Like, I was like, oh, I don't really rock with them. And I think for most black people, it's trauma that's associated with guns. It's gun violence, and you got family that was killed, and this and that. But 
now I feel like it's important that, hey, you need to train, first of all, like, you need to know what you're doing if you have a gun. You need to know it's not a toy. You need to know you just don't pull it out just to be tough and you got big balls now well, because you have a gun. You need to know what you're doing. It's for protection. It's for protection. And it's for protection. Like, you know, it's just different. It's just different now. How do you feel about guns? Because I know, like, you live in it. You know, San Diego, I mean, they have gangs and they have different things. Like, how do you feel? Because with black people, for a lot of us, like me at your age, I was completely against it. Like, I don't want that shit around me. I don't want none of that. But as I'm older, I'm like, I don't know. It might be time. I mean, I feel like everybody should have proper training, whether you're a male, female, black. But I mean, especially black people, especially now, it's, it, during these times, I feel like we should have the proper training and know what to do in the situations and stuff. And so, yeah, that's how I feel about it right now. Yeah, I think that's the the important thing is that you don't need to get this and feel like Billy Bad. You don't need to be pulling it out all the time and all that. It's for protection. Protection. Right, protect exactly. Your home, protect your home. And when you're out, you know, road rage is a big thing. You never know. Somebody, white person cut you off. Anybody cut you off. Pull out a gun on you. It happens all the time. You never know. But I'm just saying it's for protection. And I just feel like it's so many things in life where we're hypocrites. And I say that we're hypocrites in the sense of hoping to be better. Because the things you believed when you were 16, you probably don't feel the same now at your age. Because, I, like I said, I didn't like guns at all. Like, I didn't want to have one, I, nothing. But now, I think a little differently because of the way the world is and the way things is going. And I want to be able to protect my home or protect my family. But it's just like things change. And, you know, and what, one thing I'm hoping that is going to change, too, is that you know, black people unite, man, and we need allies. We we need allies. It would help, but we, you know what? We want allies, but if you don't want to be on our side, we don't need you, period. We don't right. need you if you don't want it. Yet, like, no, nah, we don't need you. We want them, but we don't need you, and we're going to fight our own fight, and we're going to do what we do and organize and really, man, just helping, like, you know, for you, the younger people that you know and stuff like that, Helping them when you know they going the wrong path, stuff like that. If you could help somebody in any way, like with a technology or anything, I think that's what really, really helps. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people out. It really helps like that. So, you know, like that's what we need to do the most because them changing laws. It's Friday, like I said today. You got third degree. Third degree is like the lowest besides manslaughter when you did it on accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't really. That's not really jail time for real, like at all. You know, so it, it's just sad, man. It's just like, bro, y'all gotta stop waiting on the justice system to do something for you, bro, because it's probably not going right. to right. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's. It's just like, you know, like I said, man. Let's change that idea. The black dollar don't stay. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's change that. Let's. Help these brands, man. Little Duke, man. What he just said, his clothing brand and uh, music, G Merrick, Taste of Essence. Anybody you got going on with something, Cam Kirk Studios, my people over there. Just anybody that's doing something positive, man. Especially if they have skin that look like yours, you need to help, man. Support, you help, support. Man. Even even if it's game, you feel me? Just put them on. It don't it don't even gotta be no money or nothing. Just put them on game. You feel me? Yeah, and you know what, too? And that's the thing about, uh, you know, I know you saying, like, put them on game, but that's the thing about gangs. People get in gangs because they feel family that they ain't never had before. They feel like, yo, like, these people is helping me. They feeding me. And I'm willing to die for them. I'm willing to go to jail. I'm willing to hustle. Like, so you, we could talk all day about how bad gangs is and gangs members and stuff. But you also got to put yourself in their shoes. Like, we don't know what their life was like that made them go that way. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'll never really put down a gang member or anything because you know who was a gang member? Nipsey Hussle was a gang member, ladies and gentlemen. And we've heard a lot of great things about him. A whole lot of great things. So 
I don't really think I would. I'll never down somebody doing bad or doing wrong. You know, like, but you know, it's just you know we have to man just really help each other out and like man, this George Floyd and all these different cases can't keep going on, man. Like it's this is rough. This is rough. Is it? I seen a good um, Instagram post. Is like you know you could wake up one day. And you feel like you see somebody get murdered and then you want to do something about it. But if you do something, you go to jail. But then if you don't do nothing about it, you just get numb to it. And it's a constant uh-huh. it's a constant emotional war with yourself. Like, I'm angry. Then I'm sad. It's like, man, you know, it's rough, man. This is rough. but Rough, man. It's rough. But, but for me, it's just like, man, with you and... Uh, Kyrie, the youth, man, y'all are the future torches, and, like, that's what it's like. Man, reach out to your brother. I always reach out to the younger people because they great. They got great ideas, and I know they're going to do great things. So I'll reach out to you because I see greatness in you. Man, I know this. One thing I do know, and this is recorded, is, like, yo, he's going to do great. I see it. It's a, yeah. it's a light on you that's special. That's crazy, and that's what I try to have. People on the podcast, I see that light in, man, or, you know, just something great, man. Just great, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. And your dad, your whole family, man, they always been good to me. Man, San Diego's a beautiful place, man. It's just like, you know, hey, I just want the best for us, and we going to figure it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. But, uh, and, like, for me, the best apology is change behavior. Like, uh, and it's just like, bro, with the police and stuff like that, until things change and you see it for real, and I mean for years, that's a real apology. And uh, it don't seem like we're getting that no time soon. What do you feel like is a good way to, like, like, I mean, I guess not with this situation, but, like, do you feel the same? Like, change behavior is the best Great. apology? For sure. Words, words don't mean nothing. Apologies don't mean nothing. If, if you're going to apologize and keep doing the same thing, then you, that, that's not no apology in my, in my books. You feel me? Yeah, it, yeah. It's just like, yo, like, I mean, that's cool, but I mean, what does that you mean? Yeah, like if I cheat on my wife every uh, every week, you know, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, it's saying, like that ain't no real apology, man. That's it's right. not. Yo, man, it's just like for us, I just want to really organize and really just like the black dollar, like really economic power lament is like it. Like we really need to tighten up, man. Like we can't, like I said, we can't have shit businesses and like, oh, you don't support black business. Like, no, I don't support bullshit. It's what it is. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, bro. Like, uh, yeah, we got to come correct. We got to make sure our shit is all the way together, man. Like, because it's like, yo, we got to help ourselves. Ain't nobody else going to help us. I promise you nobody else going to help us. Nobody so, else. So we got to help ourselves, man. Let's, hey, support but, that local but, business. But you you got you got to mention, though, too, that, uh, that, that people, you can't expect nobody to do anything for you either, though. You get what I'm saying? Like, with the businesses and stuff, you got to go out there and get it on your own. You feel me? You can't have, you can't wait or expect somebody to buy to buy your product or you feel me. You got to go out there and get it on your own. You feel me? And I feel like some people they they feel entitled. Oh, cause I'm black, you don't support me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just no. Oh, I mean, it's just serious, serious. That I mean, you have to really like get it in, and you got to understand that greatness is a process. The marathon continues. You know, the marathon means. This is a very long, a marathon, I heard about the Boston Marathon this morning, that's 26 miles. It said, you need to run this 20, it's virtual this year, you can send your videos in, but you have to do it in under six hours. That's a long time, and that's a lot of miles. It ain't, a sprint is a quick 40 yards, you know, everybody like the combine, 40 yard dash, that's just a quick sprint. Running for six hours straight is a long time. Like, uh-huh. it's a struggle. It's a lot of ups and downs. And everything that Nipsey Hussle stand on, you know, it's just like, it's just, it's so 
real and he was a messenger like he was sitting here to fulfill a job he did it and he was gone like that just was it like as sad as it is but his message is so loud and clear in his passing right now it's gonna live on for forever yeah i mean because it's like he said he experienced every emotion when you start rapping you feel the highs you feel the lows you feel success you feel defeat you have money you don't have money you have good sound you don't have good sound you have distribution you don't have distribution that's what he means by he feels every emotion on his roller coaster of his journey to making victory lap and to making a success like it ain't easy y'all we gotta like grind it out and that's why i heard somebody say i don't really like the sports and nobody business or something like for real until I see they've been really grinding with it. Cause somebody, even like me, I could go do a podcast. Then I'll be like, bye. Nah, I ain't really feeling it. I ain't seeing no numbers. I ain't going to do it. I got to do this every week for years, probably. But Joe Rogan got a hundred million. He's been doing this podcast for 10 to 11 years. That's no joke. The Joe Budden podcast has been doing his podcast for about five years and he got a deal after like four years like this is year of like how many of us is really ready to be broke have nothing you know how many rappers have been homeless and this and that like i mean these stories like we see the glitz and glamour but all of them have some really shitty stories on how they made it to the top jay-z i always talk about it they always his uncle was like you'll never be ll cool j everybody said he was whack he rapped too fast he's kind of like he ain't got style he ain't got this he coming out when he 26 he's old rapper everything he's a billionaire now it's like yo like if these people had to go through so much shit why don't we have to go through shit to get to greatness too? We, uh-huh. It's a part of the process. The marathon continues, man. But but like you said though, a lot a lot of people they not ready, they not willing to put in the four or five out of uh, four or five years without seeing no returns. You get what I'm saying? Some people don't some people don't see that bigger picture. And some people they it's which is a kind I mean, some people they they, they take they, they don't believe in themselves, you feel me? And that, that that's part of it too, the mental battle, because you got you got to stay in the game when, like you said, like when, when with the Boston Marathon, it, it's a mental battle. Like you running for six hours, I know you want to quit, I know you're tired, but you got to keep going. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and and, and it's, the problem is, the reason why it ain't more successful people is not because they special or they did anything way different is that they didn't give up. That's another Nipsey Hussle yeah, quote. Another yeah, Nipsey Hussle quote. Another Jay-Z, well, I think he said he heard Jay-Z say it. He said the genius thing we did was not give up. When not give up. Everybody told us, no, we ain't rocking with you. You kind of corn, like, nah, you old, whatever, you rap too fast, all of that. It's like, yo, how many of us is really, like, willing to not give up? I mean, be told to your face by loved ones. Your wife, your mom, your dad. Like, yo, this shit is whack, bro. How many of us is prepared for that? Really? How many of us prepare for that? Like somebody you love dearly tell you, I don't see the vision. But guess what? I wear glasses. My wife don't. Sometimes people don't see the vision. I wear glasses. Pretty much everybody I talk to don't. They don't. They can't see the path I'm going in. Sometimes I can't see what they're doing. But that's the number one thing. You got to be your biggest fan, man. You got to be your biggest fan, you feel me? Yeah, and you got to believe in what you're doing, and you got to understand that it's a process. It's not quick. And I think we live in a, like, we so spoiled now that if our Instagram don't boot up in about three seconds, if it's going five seconds, we're like, damn, what's wrong with this thing? It's the world we live in. We got everything fast. If I want to watch a movie, I'm so lazy now that I don't ever want to put in a DVD. I got Roku and I got PlayStation and stuff like that. I never want to put in a DVD because I'm conditioned that way now. And I think a lot of us is conditioned now that, like, 
everything need to happen quick. Like I seen this dude on Instagram, and one year ago he was broke. Like no, we don't really know everything. <laughs> we don't. We don't really know everything he went through to get to the millions. Like he could have been broke, and then, but you never know. He lost family. He was homeless. Like we don't see all of that. And like one thing before we get out of here that I really want to say is that I hope that everybody has got better over this time of stillness. In the quarantine, got better. I'm cutting my own hair now. It may not be the greatest, but I'm getting better. And I hope everybody, like, learned a skill. Like, of just sit, you sitting around, I hope you wasn't just sitting there depressed and sulking. I mean, and it can get rough just sitting around, but it's like, I hope everybody tried to read something or... Do something, just be better in some kind of way, man. Seriously, because this time is like, um, I also leave with this, like, uh, Airbnb, Uber, uh, Pinterest. These things came out of the last uh, recession around 2008. Why can't that be you? Let that be you, man. Like, let's, let's be great. And I hope that, like, you know, for me, it this quarantine really taught me I ain't in control of shit. Like, the whole world shut down recently. We ain't in control of a damn thing. So, the things that we are in control of, our health, our wealth, and our happiness, we got to make sure we have those, man. Because everything else and, like, I want this person to act this way and be this way and why they can't see it. We had no control over that. So mm-hmm. control yourself, man. And just just to build off of that, uh, the quarantine. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, get better at your craft, this quarantine, man, you didn't really want it. That's how I feel. If, if you didn't get, if you didn't use this extra time, you didn't really want it. And so that's we 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 can end it on that. Man, that's real talk because, like, the audio, uh, like, right when we, I knew we was going to get bad when they was talking about locking down Georgia. Shout out to my boy G Merrick, man. I hit him up and I said, yo, like, can I borrow some of that equipment that you ain't using? I really want to make the audio better and I want to work on some things with the podcast. And I got better, man. And I, and I could see, like, damn, if you listen to the last podcast, Young King, the sound quality is not great at all. Like, but you can make it out. You can see the vision of where I was trying to take it. But it wasn't that good. But then it's like building on it. And if you want something, it's going to come back to you, man. And uh-huh. I really want this, man. I love just talking to people and uplifting people and being around positive people like yourself, man. So I was like, man, I had to have Duke back on, man. I really had to have him. And we really got to make this podcast great, man. And we just really got to... Uplift one another, man. Black people, we are strong. We are beautiful. We brave. Don't let nobody tell you different. And we gonna make it through this, man. We really are. Duke, you got any last words for him, man? Shout out those people. Shout out some more people you might have even forgot about, man. We so uh, let me think. Uh, I got uh, one of my homies, Ashanti. He got his clothing brand out, the sleazy side. We'll go support him. And then that's it. Just that's all I could really think of right now, man. Just shout out to San Diego and by whoever supported me, man. I really appreciate it. You finna be on top, man. Just keep, just keep, just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, we gonna be great, man. And this is recorded.